supply with vitality. Um, I I saw a couple of um, I, I saw a couple of uh, or, or definitions uh, from dictionary uh, on, on the word vivify. One says to make livelier. <laughs> livelier. <laughs> You're somewhat lively, but need to be livelier. <laughs> Sharper, more active. Or the like. <laughs> uh, another definition definition says to energize, animate, or give life to. Another one says to endow with life or renewed life. Another one says to impart vitality or vividness to. So you know what I mean, huh? So the word vivify um, is probably not a matter of all or none, but a matter of degree. <laughs> not a matter of dead or alive, but a matter of how vital are you. So we need to be vivified. Um, this vivification is described by this process of the wind, the cloud, the fire, and the electron. That is how we become vivified. Um, the four living creatures, or, or if you look at this whole outline, you see the first point is about the wind, the uh, Roman numeral is about the wind, the cloud, the fire, the electron. The second Roman numeral is about the four living creatures. It's a picture of four nations. And the third Roman numeral, Roman numeral is about God's move in his economy. And then the fourth numeral is a concluding word. So there are three things here. You have the vivification. You have the coordination as portrayed by the four living creatures. And you have, the, you have God's move as portrayed by the wheel. So we may say it this way, saying, God's move, the wheel being able to move, depends on the four living creatures. So to have God's move, we must have the four living creatures. Only with the four living creatures can God be afforded a way to move. So the wheels can move. Where do the four living creatures come from? <laughs> you know, in Ezekiel um, chapter 1, the four living creature here does not speak to God's creation. <laughs> you know, when we talk about the four living creatures, you know, in Revelation, they are there representing creation. <laughs> but here, the four living creatures, I would say, are... Uh, are more of a picture of God's building with man. And that comes from, and these four living creatures come from what? They come from the vivification. So God's move depends on the four living creatures. The four living creature comes from the vivification, which means the wind, the cloud, the fire, and the electrum. 
And where does the wind come from? The wind comes from the north, <laughs> which means it comes from God. <laughs> right? So you see, without all the saints being vivified by having this experience of the wind, cloud, fire, lectern, there's, the, the, there's no way the falling creatures can come into being. And therefore, God has no way to move. I, I, I'm concerned, saints, that we understand the four living creatures, as in Ezekiel 1, in an all-too-physical way. Meaning that we simply understand the four living creatures as a matter of, well, uh, coordination. Which means, you know, I don't do things by myself. That means, you know, I call up a brother, check with him first. <laughs> um, if you understand the four living creatures in a way that reduces it to merely a matter of how you do things in the church, your understanding of the four living creature is way too low. And, and don't think, you know, if you thought that way, you think, oh, well, you know, I, I understand falling creatures. What's that? <laughs> you know, just, okay, I'm going to do things by myself. Whatever I do, I grab a brother. <laughs> do it with me. <laughs> and he proposes something I don't like, I walk backwards. <laughs> and go along with him. <laughs> Well, I, I'm afraid, saints, if, if that's our level of understanding of, of the four living creatures, that's too physical and too mechanical. There's nothing of the divine revelation there. So I, I hope we all today can, can see something more. And, and the first point I'd like to impress you is the, the, the four living creature is a, is a mysterious thing. It's a mystical thing. And even, you know, in the description of the four living creature, in this section in, 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 um, in, 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 in Ezekiel 1, probably as nowhere in the Bible is it so full of contradictions. Right? Sometimes you talk about a wheel. Sometimes you talk about four wheels. <laughs> right? Sometimes you talk about the falling creatures, you know, following the spirit. And sometimes it says the spirit follows the falling creatures. <laughs> I mean, this is something mystical. Even the word in describing this is not so, you know, black and white. Don't think you understand this. <laughs> Merely as, as just a way of, of doing things. Don't take the interpreted word in a way that you make it mechanical. <coughs> right? The opening up of the word must be to impart some revelation, <laughs> some seeing, some vision. You have to see some vision there 
that controls you, that, that becomes, you know, the bounds beyond which you cannot operate. Not because someone tells you so, but inwardly that vision controls you. So the four living creatures can only come into being by the saints being vivified. If we are dead, you know, uh, we, we are not full of vitality, don't think that we can coordinate. Don't think that we can come over, come, come together and, and simply, you know, give in to each other and just be gentlemanly. That has nothing to do with God's will. We need, first of all, to be made alive. <laughs> the four living creatures are living. They are living. They are living creatures. <laughs> Means that they're, meaning what? They're full of the divine life. That must be the condition that all the saints have to be in. If we are to have the reality of the four living creatures to afford the will, to have a way to move, to reach God's goal of the building, we must have the condition of the saints being made alive. Amen. Now, this being made alive is this cycle. We call it the cycle, or I don't know, uh, it's probably not, I don't know if it's in the outline, but oh yes it is, a continual cycle of vivification in our Christian life. It, it is a it's a cycle. You know, we... We, we, we have um, uh, the cycle of life, you know, as in First John, you know, and we all enjoy that all the time. Um, but here, you know, we have this cycle of vivification, which begins by God visiting us and reviving us. His spirit blows on us like a mighty wind to bring a spiritual storm into our lives. Right. Um, of course, you know, here, this is something concerning God's move. So the emphasis here is not so much on the essential walk of a believer, but on some economical aspect of his Christian life that brings him into a condition that God can move in him and through him. if you understand what I mean. The economic side and the essential side are never mutually exclusive <laughs> to the point that you can have one without the other. But nevertheless, in God's economy, he operates essentially in life, in essence, in dispensing himself as a divine essence into us, that we would become one with him in life and nature. But he also operates economically <laughs> to cause what some things to happen, even in an extraordinary way. So that he could have a move on the earth to reach his goal. I would say the cycle of life, as in 1 John, that is more on the essential side. 
where the saints need to practice daily and many times a day. You practice that, right? The cycle of life of is what? Is God shining on us, right? And our confessing and our being brought into the fellowship. And as we are brought into the fellowship, we have more of God shining. <laughs> and then we're exposed. And then we confess to him. He forgives us. He cleanses us. He brings us back to the fellowship. This is the cycle of life in an essential way that we all need to practice many times a day. <laughs> but concerning God's move, there is an economical side of this cycle of vivification that also all the saints need to experience. I don't know if it's daily, but certainly in our Christian life, we need to point to what many times of being vivified. In large scales or smaller scale, you know. Um, now, um, if I were to look back at my Christian life, I can point to some specific landmarks. Specific landmarks of being vivified, of the wind coming to me from the north and causing a storm. Now, this may involve, sometimes God uses outward circumstances, you know, to work in conjunction with his inward, what, wind blowing. Sometimes even without that. Sometimes even without that, uh, without any outward um, um, uh, uh, happenings, you know, there's just the inward storm. You know, uh, Brother Lee talked about, you know, how at one point in his Christian life that he felt so dead, and every morning he would go up to the climb this hill and go up to the top of the hill and call on the Lord. Now that is a kind of, what, being vivified of God visiting him and showing him something of life. That wasn't, you know, uh, any outward circumstances happening. So you may say, you know, uh, that brother, uh, some adversity happens to him. Well, that doesn't necessarily mean there's inward north wind coming. Or that brother, nothing, you know, bad happens to him or no adversity befalls him. That doesn't mean he has no wind either. <laughs> this is an inward thing coming from God. You see, the wind is the spirit. <laughs> that Hebrew word ruach, which is being translated as wind, or breath, or spirit. It is the spirit coming to you as a stormy wind, causing you an inward condition to what? Uh, things are 
be rain today. Do you think if a hurricane comes through this room that everything will be the same? <laughs> right? Everything will be rearranged. Some things may be blown away. <laughs> right? Um, th th there's a wind. Uh, this wind comes from the north. And if you read, you know, all the notes, you will see the north is where God dwells. It, it comes from God. You know, this corresponds with Abraham's experience of the God of glory appearing to him. Uh, and we will have a message on Abraham later on. Uh, you know, uh, he wasn't seeking God. It was of God's initiation. God appeared to him. You may not be, you know, seeking God, but God will come to you as a north wind to mess things up, <laughs> to cause a storm in you, to cause you to what? Reconsider. You need a change of direction. This, this is a stormy wind. And when the wind comes, it causes you to what? To reevaluate, Causing us to be dissatisfied and concerned about our spiritual, spiritual condition and to have a turn in our spiritual life. You, you, you become concerned. It is good. It is good, you know, to be con concerned. You know, this wind may happen. Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe, um, maybe you 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 just turn thirty-two. <laughs> yeah, me, I don't know how old you. <laughs> maybe you just turn thirty-three, <laughs> thirty-two. <laughs> maybe you know God will cause a storm to cause you to well to be concerned. Well, I'm thirty-two years old. You know. I've lived 32 years. Where am I? <laughs> and wh what will happen to my next 32 years? <laughs> Maybe these are things you never thought about. When you were 22, you never thought about that. <laughs> right? But the wind may cause you to be concerned, to be dissatisfied. It is good, saints, it is good to have this kind of periodic visitation by God which may even result in our our change of direction cause us you know in, in our life you know to to have a rearrangement um, you know when we come to a later chapter in Ezekiel, which is um, chapter 37, the dry bones. You know, God told Ezekiel to prophesy to the winds. Um, in chapter 1, the wind came from the north. In chapter 37, you may say that Ezekiel had become one with the wind. And his service became one 
of giving life to the dead. Of giving that breath of life to the dry bones. If we have no wind in our life, saints, our service has no power. Our service has no impact. Don't be afraid of, of the wind. The wind may mess you up. The wind may mess you up. <laughs> Rearrange things. But I tell you, saints, where there is the wind, those are the ones whose service gives life to others. They become one with God in an economical sense that God could use them to bring life to others and to revive the dry bones. I've heard, you know, even, um, even sitting here in this room in your midst, you know, in, in the past, I've heard testimonies here. Even a few weeks ago, a few months ago, I was here, I heard some saints share about how, you know, the Lord, you know, caused a kind of revival for in him that day and he went and preached the gospel and you know and and you know something the Lord used him to bring life to someone so this wind um, really if we experience it it gives our service impact uh, we all like to live a stormless life Right? We all like to live this tranquil, stormless life. Um, I recently went to Vancouver. And Vancouver, Canada, is a, a favorite retirement destination <laughs> for many people from the Far East. They made their money, they immigrate to Vancouver. And the immigration laws in Canada are set up to attack people like this. <laughs> um, so you just go there and live a peaceful life. You know the Pacific Northwest is beautiful. <laughs> you know, it's beautiful. Um, and 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 <laughs> it, it becomes a, um, a retirement destination. Well, I hope our Christian life is not like that. <laughs> so the Lord said, I came to cast fire. <laughs> and the, that fire, the footnote tells us, is what is the impulse of the divine life. That's a very good word. This somewhat, you know, that, that word in Luke chapter 12 somewhat, you know, relates to this. You, this is what the Lord does. What, 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 what is this? this? This wind. It is a casting of fire. And the result is a strengthening of the impulse of the divine life. So your life, your, your Christian life becomes full of vitality. 
you become vivified. And your service become enlightened and given impact. Now, uh, this wind coming from the north, on one hand, you know, we may say this comes from God. It comes from God. Um, it is not of our initiation. And that is true. That is true. But when I study, you know, uh, Ezekiel, I said, you know, why would that wind come? <laughs> what does that wind come from? Why would it come? And, and, and I was touched by this one, that even before the mention of the wind, in the first three verses in chapter 1, they talk about Ezekiel. They talk about him being 30 years old. They talked about him being a priest. And I'm touched by this thing, that the wind comes when there is someone praying. I, I believe some winds came to my life by some saints praying. Um, we have to pray this way, church. Pray for one another this way. That God would come to this dear brother as the wind. You know, I believe this kind of prayer is one with God's economy. It is not of our initiation to, to do anything in other people's lives. Right? But we pray. We pray that God would initiate something in that brother's life to come to him as the wind. To blow, to blow in him. And that will cause a kind of reaction and begins this vivification. Um, th this one thing, saints, you know, in our praying, we must have God's economy. Even when we pray for one another, we pray with God's economy in view. <laughs> you know, we pray, why? For the vivification, because this is how God gets the four living creatures. This is how God's wheels can move, <laughs> right? It's with the view of God's move that we pray for one another. And that prayer, I think, will cause the wind to blow. Right? There'll be the vivification. Now, with the blowing of the wind, then comes the cloud, which is a figure of God as the Spirit abiding with his people and covering them in order to care for them and to show favor to them. <laughs> this is the Lord's grace coming to us. Uh, this is wonderful. You have number of examples in the Old Testament, you know, of God coming to his people as the cloud, both in the wilderness, you know, as leading them, you know, with a pillar of cloud, 
as well as when the tabernacle was built, that God came in and there's a cloud, you know, um, in, in the tabernacle. So this is God's abiding with us. But again, you know, I say this in a, I say abiding in an economical sense. Of course, God abides with us every day in an essential sense. But in these extraordinary experiences of the vivification, God comes to abide with you in, in a special way. I don't know what else to say, but in a special way. And you may have had experience. There's a period of time that God was just richly with you. You pray, you, you, you just spend time, and, and, and the Lord is right there. I, I, I know I've had experiences like this. It doesn't last forever. <laughs> but certainly during that period, God was with me in a special way, a very special way, in a very special way. This is the cloud. It's his coming for to show favor to us. <laughs> this favor is, you know, not to get you a new, new car or a new house. It's not that kind of favor. You know, that the real favor is God coming to man. <laughs> that is the real favor, is, is God coming to us. So he comes as a cloud to hover over us what cover us. Um, We are just in that special presence, that favor of the Lord. This this is, you know, to to find favor. So his, his, his being with us in such a way also brings in the fire, which signifies God's burning and sanctifying power. So when we have these experiences of vivification, inevitably there is the purification. The burning, the sanctification, the fire of the Holy Spirit burning in us to purify us and to enlighten. The fire, on one hand, purifies, right? All the things which are not of God, the fire burns away. Fire signifies, you know, God's holiness, right? And that what is not of God, what is not holy, needs to be consumed. But fire also, what, brings enlightenment. You know, then, then you're inwardly, you're, you're enlightened. All of a sudden, you see, you see concerning your life, concerning your service, concerning, you know, the church, or concerning, you know, the world situation, or, or you know, you're, you're enlightened. You're not befuddled anymore. The fire, you know, brings things to light 
And what is not of God is consumed so that we are sanctified, so we are purified. And then what comes out of that? The residue from all this is the electrum. What remains is the electrum, which is an alloy or amalgam of composed of gold and silver which signifies the Lamb God. Silver signifying redemption and gold signifying God's nature. So this is the redeeming God. And we see at the end of the Bible in the last chapter, in verse 1, that it is a throne of God and of the Lamb. So our God is a redeeming God. The redeeming God is the God who can reach man. God in himself, how can we fallen man ever contact him? Nor how can he contact us? Right? God is holy, and yet we are full of sin. So that's why he dwells in this unapproachable life. But God becoming man to accomplish redemption, right? Having gone through this process, God is no longer merely God and the God who cannot reach man. But he became the redeeming God. The redeeming God in no way, when we say this, diminishes any of the attributes of the Godhead. But rather, this God who has gone through the process of redemption, he is now able to reach us. I, I don't know, saints, whether when we say the word the redeeming God, whether you feel within full of appreciation. <laughs> I, I feel this way. When we say re the redeeming God, I'm full of appreciation. If he wasn't the redeeming God, I could never partake of him. Right? I'll be excluded, you know, shunned from God's presence. <laughs> But he is the redeeming God. I'm full of appreciation. And we need to express this appreciation in the Lord's table. That he is the redeeming God. He is still God in every way. And yet now this God has redeemed us. Has reconciled us to himself. Has solved all the problems between us and him. So that he can dispense himself into us, and we can be made partakers of the divine nature. We share his life, we partake of his nature, we are one with him, he is one with us. I mean, isn't the redeeming God so much richer than just merely the God who created the heaven and the earth? Right? 
You may say, perhaps even we, we, will, we can say that the God that we have today is, is so much richer than the God that Adam enjoyed. <laughs> I think when we see Adam, <laughs> we'll tell him, we have been redeeming God. <laughs> right? It's no longer the raw God. It is the God who has gone through the process to redeem man. And today we can be one with him. He can dispense himself into us. This is the electrum. Now, this electrum comes from this cycle of vivification. You want more electrum? You need more fire. You need more cloud. You need, need more wind. Right? More wind, more cloud, more fire, more electrum. Then we're full of this redeeming God being constituted into our being. That's why I say, saints, the, this experience is also the experience of building of God. It is God as the electrum being built into you. So, only those, oh, oh well, let me finish this. The issue of the spiritual transaction involving the blowing wind, the covering cloud, and the purifying fire is the glowing electrum, the radiant expression of a redeeming God. The more we experience God as the blowing wind, the overshadowing cloud, the burning fire, and the glowing electrum, the more we are vivified with the divine life to become the four living creatures for God's manifestation, move, and administration. These living creatures are the corporate expression of the man on the throne. If you go to the end of chapter 1 um, uh, in, in Ezekiel, uh, at the very end, the, the, three, the, the last three verses at, at the end, you know, that describes you know, the man on the throne. Verses 26, 27, 28. And, and you read those three verses, and then you go back to the earlier verses, you know, from verse 3 to verse 25, uh, verse 4 to 25, and you see the living creatures, the four living creatures, are just the same as the man on the throne. <laughs> they become the expression, the manifestation of the man who is on the throne, of the God who is on the throne, who has the appearance of a man, right? Um, this point of the expression is very important. Um, the expression is the foundation for the move. If we don't express God, we could never aff afford God a way to move. Uh, if you go back, you know, and, and I really encourage you to, to read the life studies of, of Ezekiel, you see that in those messages there, well, he spent a lot of time on expression. You know, if you are one who expresses the devil. <laughs> you think you could be coordinated for God's move? Right? I'm afraid sometimes, you know, in, in our coordination, coming together to coordinate to serve, serve together in the church, we don't ex express God. We express ourselves. 
We express our natural preference. We express our natural strength. Right? That This point about the expressions is very important. And of course, so much is implied, you know, in our expressing him. So, now, if, if we go on, this process of vivification is what produces the four living creatures. And the four, Ezekiel 1, 11 through 14, conveys a clear picture of the coordination of the living creatures. I'm reading uh, Roman numeral 2 now. A portrait of the proper church life with the coordination of the members of the body of Christ. Coordination is the central point, point of and key to understanding the vision of Ezekiel 1. The move of the living creature is not individual but corporate, the move of one entity in coordination. This is a beautiful picture of the coordination in the church as the body of Christ, in which each member has his particular position, function, and ministry. Right? Um, don't, don't think, you know, that, that, that you know, that, that the coordination would, um, would uh, uh, annihilate your, your function. <laughs> no, it won't. It will bring out your function. <laughs> Uh, we'll, we'll have more, in, in fact, more verses uh, in, in Roman numeral 3 on that. Now, the sub-points here, you know, I, I, I think are also very important. Uh, number one, the joining of the two wings, eagle's wings, of the living creature is for their corporate moving in coordination. The wings of an eagle signifies grace, strength, and power of God applied to us. Now, this is a brief outline and only a few points on the four living creatures, so we're not trying to be exhaustive in covering all the points of the living creatures. But the points, you know, that the brothers bring out here particularly is the point about the wings. Um, and I do feel, you know, we, need, we should spend a few minutes on this. You know, the four living creatures, each one of them, you know, has four wings, right? Two are for covering themselves and two are for, you know, stretch out, and that touches the wings of the other, you know, two neighboring living creatures. Um, this is very, very significant because the, the wings of the eagle, you know, they signify the grace, the strength, and the power of God applied to us. Um, first of all, saints, we need to be covered by the grace of God. So the two wings need to cover the living creature. Uh, saints, don't be uncovered. You have to be covered by the grace of God. What do I mean? You know, if you express yourself, you're uncovered. You are uncovered from the grace of God. You know, when we come together to serve together, you may be very unhappy about something. Take grace. Let grace cover you. 
don't express your opinion. Don't say, I'm, I'm really upset with this. <laughs> you know, I, I, I think this is, you know, wrong. You, you know, I think you do this, you are uncovered from the grave. You express yourself. You're naked. You're not covered by the wings. Some brothers, they damage the church by expressing themselves, by being uncovered, by not learning the lesson of being covered by the grace of God. The grace of God is what? Is not I, but Christ. Which is not I, but the grace of God which is in me. That is the grace. We have to learn the lesson all the time to be covered by the grace of God. Don't be uncovered. Don't express yourself. Don't vent, vent your, your, your frustration or your anger or your, your what, you know, feeling. That is uncovering. That means you're not covered by the grace of God. When people see you, they don't see the grace. They see an angry man. <laughs> or they see a frustrated brother. <laughs> right? This is to be uncovered. To be covered is what? Is to be found in him. People just see the wings. You are covered. You don't express yourself. Learn this lesson, brothers. To be covered by the grace of God. Don't be so free to, to blurt things out. Don't be so free to express your opinion. Don't be so confident in your views. Always pray and pray with the brothers and exercise your spirit so that you will be covered by the wings, by the grace of God, so that you could be a man found in him. Right? So Paul says that message talk about about the Lord striking as a lightning in Acts, didn't it? The sun was struck. Yeah, the sun. Yeah, and it just, just caused me to, to think about, you know, saints, in, in, in our serving the Lord and, and in our having a church life, we need the lightning. We need these sudden striking. And I would say in the early years when we were in Boston, and by that I mean the 
maybe it's mostly older folk. And yet, when the Lord moves, the move in these churches, the wheels are the same. So we cannot, I mean, think, I mean, we said, we said, we are young people church. <laughs> oh, Lord Jesus. <laughs> we must not say that. <laughs> right? We must never say that. We used to say that. <laughs> we must not say that. Or, 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 or you know, uh, we, we, we are the, uh, uh, the saints here. Then, then you have the saints in India. And they are of a different race, different culture, different language. And yet when the Lord moves, all the wheels must be the same. Or we have the saints in Taiwan. You know, and they have, when, when, when the church is there, have the Lord's move, and the churches here, you know, have the Lord's move, the wheels must be the same. Th this is a real lesson to us saints. We should never pride ourselves in any distinction. We should never uh, uh, advocate or, or, or uh, showcase how we're different from others, from other churches. Uh, Rather, we need to repent for those things. We must all the time, you know, be covered so that whatever the Lord does in our midst, it is the same as in all the churches. In, in flavor, it's the same, right? Of course, in nature, in essence, it's the same, right? But people shouldn't come to our, our midst and say, oh, you know, um, there's some different flavor. Um, you know, we did have that, you know, in the 70s, and eventually that got us all into trouble. <laughs> we all got, you know, sidetracked and, and ended up making sort of a train wreck. <laughs> but we learned the lesson. huh? We never dare to say again, we're different, we're young people, you're old folks. <laughs> right? Of course, now we're old folks. <laughs> 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 but we learn the lesson. We learn the lesson not to celebrate distinction, but rather all the time to look to be covered by all the churches, all the churches, that the Lord's move in our midst will be the same everywhere. As the Lord moves in, our, in us here in New England, it is no different from the Lord moving in India <laughs> or the Lord moving in China, or the Lord moving, you know, um, in Europe, we would, that would be a real glory to us. That would be a real glory to us. Um, so, I must finish by this. For God, uh, the final Roman numeral, for God's move on earth, we need to show strength and take action so that we can be migrating ones who spread the church life from city to city, from country to country, and from continent to continent until there are local churches everywhere on earth. Amen. So there's much burden for this weekend. Uh, and, and saints, we also need to look to the Lord and open to the Lord. You know, Lord, would you have that I migrate? Uh, can I go somewhere? Um, you know, my migrating to Boston was a real turning point in my life. You know, it was a real landmark in my Christian life. And 
we all need to look to the Lord. And we need to stand with all the churches. You know, there are still so many cities um, in, in, in this country without a landscaper. I was so touched when we got the report of, of, um, of this, you know, this uh, landslide in Taiwan. And, and they talk about, you know, there are so many villages in that area that, that, that was touched by this disaster. And out of that many villages, I forgot the number, out of that many villages, so many have churches. <laughs> do, do you remember that? Uh, well, uh, more than half had, 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 had a landslide. So, and, and they talk about some sister uh, uh, being burdened to uh, move to another village, so forth. So, brothers uh, and sisters, there, there is a lot of burden this weekend among all the churches. We've been, you know, dormant for too long, right? That um, the Lord would uh, unsettle us. And even some would be burdened by the Lord to move to a different locality or a different country or a different continent, <laughs> right, to bear the Lord's testimony there. So for this, we all should pray. We all should pray. stabilizing a lot of things. Um, and this vision of the building is a, uh, it's like a tether to the moorings. It just pulls us back in. It's like a honing device. The building, something in our being hones in toward the building. It's like a beacon. Everything gets on clearance code, but there's a beacon. It's the building of God. Amen. This glorious vision. So we're so fortunate to hear this and have it strengthening our inner being. And the way that the building is carried out is by life. That's, I just, Ezekiel's about life in the building. We, we need to measure everything by the building. Life is needed for the building. But I realize I need more these days. Lord, it's more life. Give me life for the building. Today I need more life. And the building issues in life. It brings life to others. It's full of life. This cycle, both the essential cycle of life, confession, and fellowship, and the economic cycle of the wind and the wonderful open cloud of God's presence, and then the fire, the fire of life, rearranges. It takes away. We need things taken away, deconstructed, so that we can build Amen. and we can add something new. And eventually we have the electrum, this wonderful Lamb God which is his glory to fill the building, Amen. fill his house. 
can do is just to open up and receive. Amen. Just there. The Lord is ready. Uh, like Daryl said, if we just pray, the vision will come. Amen. Amen. If just open up and receive, it'll come to every one of us in this room. Right? And the whole sequence of the, uh, of, the, of the wind and the cloud, which is just phenomenal, and then the fire, the striking of the fire, and the lightning, whatever it is, and then the electrum is for every one of us in this room. Amen. Bring forth the vivification of the four living creatures and the wheels for God moves. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. I'm just so burdened. Even you, Brother Kevin. Every one of us <laughs> needs to open up to God and see something wonderful. Yeah. Isn't it awesome? Yeah. My wife, she was in the basement. Uh, she was ironing in clothes. We had this big stack of ministry magazines from years ago. And she just opened up one. She said, what are these? She opened it up, read a page, and that became a word of vivification yeah. for her life. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Yeah. The word was just surrounded with the word, and the Lord just waiting for an opportunity to get into us.
return to their house. Amen. God's glory returned to their house. Why? Because, because their house was built up. Amen. When God has his building, the river flows out. Amen. Just pray that this vision of God's building will be renewed in us this weekend. of my understanding what God's move really is. Yeah. I also had some concept. It's some activity going on. Something is happening in an outward way. And no, saints, praise the Lord for the speaking this morning. Very clear, very sharp. This movement is God building himself into us Amen. in very specific ways. Number one, he's coming as the wind to blow on us. He's the wind. Then the cloud, then the fire, and the electric. And I just appreciate it when the saints are going through things. Um, sometimes there may be uh, the building there, sometimes not. Uh, and the brother gave the example. Anyway, this was very helpful for me, saints. Really enlightening speaking. Praise the Lord. Um, this uh, movement of the Lord is being carried out in the way of life and with a particular and specific goal. This goal is the building up of the body. Praise the Lord. serving in a certain area, and then the Lord, by his arrangement, brings someone else in, then uh, you, you, may, you also need to learn how to serve, how to touch one another in unity, not to touch someone in a natural way, because we are here uh, not for our kind of view of God's move, but we're here for the move of the Lord. Amen. To be in God's move. This requires us to, to be an enlivened person, to give life. Maybe we'll be in a situation where we have to give life to someone who's five or someone who's 50. Uh, and it might be a different way, but the Lord uh, needs to be able to move through us and in us by our, our joining together in the grace of God. appears again and again as the God of glory all for the one purpose to build build up your house and I just was so thankful this morning you know this is why you know the, the Lord doesn't want us to just barely be making it you know this matter of it's not a small thing that the brother shared on you know often in our experience we're not dead as a doornail but we're not full of the divine light and that we really would have this view for ourselves and for each other that this would be our prayer, that we would be full of the divine life, and then this would have an impact on others. Yeah. Yeah, I really appreciate this matter of the visitation. Um, when we uh, first 
really speaking to us in the, the uh, East Coast because uh, even our brother Ron Kangas came to Newark and spoke again this word about Ezekiel. But very often we, we, we have this mindset that the, uh, the, the wind is a matter of outside of us and it's a portion from God. But then I started realizing as the brother spoke as well, this is a this word here is also a matter of breath and it's also on the on the exercise of the priest to be exercising himself unto the north wind and allowing this wind to take him on and open to the covering and allow the fire to shine within yes. and eventually uh, open to the and the divine nature to be added. This exercise is what we need that we can be coordinated together for God's building. Oh, this is what this conference is about. This is what this weekend is about. That we would all exercise and take in this wind, this divine breath, and allow the covering the fire. 